shit news. It was a moment in time, though, because I've un... Can I say uncocked? No bullshit news. Hot dog. Yeah, no, shit, no, no shame in my game. No bullshit news. Bring it, motherfucker. I'll break it off the ass. No bullshit news. The middle class is dying. And that's why Trump got away. No bullshit news. <laughs> What's up, Bobby? How you doing, Charlie? Good, man. I just cut that shit out. Take what? that song off. I'm uh, just because uh, I, I don't mean to start this out as a bummer, but uh, I mean, I met a guy this week. Yeah. I met a guy this week. His baby was murdered. Oh, Jesus. And um, cameras are gone now, you know, and there's still a life being lived. Sure. This is this is real city life, and uh, I wrote it for Deadline Detroit. You, can I read it to you? Please do. It's uh, called Richard Gets His Gun. Richard Miller sits in his home surrounded by a million little pieces, matchbox cars, an Elmo, and a rocking horse that throws its shadow across the wall. Richard does not look at these things so much as toys anymore, but rather as keepsakes, talismans, Remembrances of his three-year-old son murdered by the trigger finger of an enraged motorist. Richard's eyes sweep over these leftover things, and then he weeps. There ain't no heaven, he jokes. There ain't no such thing. The murder of his toddler Christian got more airtime than most murders in this city, nicknamed for its proclivity for death, because his death was so senseless, because he was so young he had yet to commit a sin, probably. Christian was going downtown to see Sesame Street Live, along with his three-year-old friend and his friend's mother, who was driving. She entered the freeway. That's when a grown man, Derek Durham, felt he had been cut off. He felt further disrespected by the mother's reaction to his displeasure. Durham, a convicted felon and not one to be disrespected, told his traveling companion to lean back in the passenger seat. Then he fired a bullet past her face and out the window striking and killing Christian. The cameras were there again in court after Durham had turned himself in to face open murder charges. They were there to record the testimony of Durham's travel companion. Now the cameras have gone. And Richard sits at home to deal with his apostasy, his anger, and the bloody clothes of his child that remain in the trunk of his car. I just haven't figured out what to do with this stuff just yet, he says. I just can't concentrate about it right now. There is one thing Richard has settled on, however. Richard is going to get a gun. Never had one, he says, staring hard at some imaginary spot on the table, his fingers interlocked and white with tension. Never needed a gun. Always kept my head down, kept to my business, worked, and raised my children. All that changed with the flash of a barrel. You see, Richard lives in the real Detroit, the big, sprawling Detroit, where neighborhood life has for too long been hell on earth. Richard lives in the west side, within the boundaries of the 6th police precinct. A handful of years ago, a group of school children were shot here, waiting for the bus. The school they attended is now derelict, boarded up, and falling down. Garbage collects on the steps below a sign that directs rental inquiries to Detroit public schools. It is the precinct where a man waiting at White Castle earlier this month was shot in the back. His one-year-old and one-month-old children were cut by flying glass. No arrests have been made. So what has changed in Detroit, Richard would like to know? Where is this miracle comeback? 
There are no miracles out here, he says, just as there is no heaven up there. There is only his personal hell. So what has changed? We have a chief of police who tells fairy tales about falling crime in the city. His response time statistics have been exposed as fraud. He recently fired two white officers for racist behavior toward a black citizen. The chief says a new study has exposed racial issues at the 6th Precinct, except the chief was told that three years ago. Meanwhile, men like Durham ride around the city firing weapons, knowing the odds are better than 50-50 they'll get away with murder. The chief famously told Detroiters not to stop for gas at night. The chief famously told Detroiters to arm themselves. Richard is taking him at his word. We have a mayor who was captured in a humiliating photograph last week, scurrying out the front door of City Hall as federal agents were coming up the back steps in an ever-widening corruption probe into the Detroit City Land Bank. So what has changed in Detroit? We have the friends and family of the county treasurer, who is also the chairman of the county land bank, growing rich from the foreclosed homes of people who live in neighborhoods like Richard's. So what's really changed in Detroit? Answers, Richard snorts with bitterness, every ounce a good man shattered. There are no answers. There's no work here. People have lost their minds. People are angry. Everybody's got a gun. And if you take them away now, only the bad people are going to have them. But there are answers. However, the solution can only come slowly. A well-funded police force with competent leadership, for one. Investment in schools and children rather than skyscrapers and members of exclusive social clubs. But that's too late for a man like Richard. Too long and it's coming. I'm leaving, he says. And he's also getting a gun. And so the city will likely lose another good family, a city desperately in need of them. Wow. That's not, not only does the city lose another family, but now you got another armed citizen out there. So yeah. He's going to get a gun. And this kid was killed. And, you know, why wouldn't he? I don't blame him. I mean, you own firearms. I do. I love my firearms. I'm a hunter. I'm a target shooter. <laughs> I keep them locked up. I don't have them for safety. Fortunately, I live in a place where I don't need a gun for safety. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a heavy responsibility to, to be, be a gun owner. He doesn't even want one. No. You know, I, I he got, just feels like he needs one. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I got a uh, concealed uh, weapons permit. I don't right. carry, but I got one because you know what? Everybody's got one. Right. In case I need to have it. You know, right. I, li- I like, uh, you know, firing weapons for sport, the sport of it, right? Sure, it's fun. But I originally got it because everybody else has them. That's, th- that's the reason I got it. Right. You know, and you're not going to take it from me now. No, and, and like we were talking about the other day, you know, I'm of the opinion it was kind of like the, the legalized marijuana, the medical marijuana. I, I didn't have my card because I don't feel like I want to tell the government that I smoke weed. Well, I mean, the government knows I have guns because when you buy a handgun, you've got to submit all that information. You've got to be registered and all that. Um, but I never put in for a concealed carry because I always just felt, well, if I felt like I was going to, I needed to take my gun somewhere. I would just take it, you know, which is irresponsible to some degree. But I get it. You but know. that's I was just like, eh, you know, but I have never 
I don't have my guns for self-defense. I don't want to carry. No. It's a pain in the ass to carry. They're fucking heavy, and they're, you know, bulky, and you better not be in a church or a school or, right. you know, something like that. Other, or something like or, that. Or, or, or have had a couple drinks when you get pulled over and you got you're your done. You're, but, yeah. you're done. So You can't I, even take NyQuil, basically. I mean, what's No, like, no, you can't. And so I don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to carry either. But, you know? but you know, this is the truth of what, like where he lived. This is what we're talking about. Sure, it's the truth of where like, he lived. Rich is my brother. And his... I love the dude. His daughter died. His son. His son. Yeah. Died. Some random bullshit traffic thing where, you, where I, I think you cut me off, you know. Fuck you, bitch. <sighs> what happened to just flipping a guy off and being pissed? Right. You know, oh, now I, it rises to the level of I got to pull out a gun and fire a fucking uh, uh, a lead round into your car. Maybe I hit you, and who's the driver who I'm pissed at. Maybe I hit your wife. Maybe hit your kid. You know, I, I just don't understand it. Well, I don't. You know, so I mean, so what, you know, what is the, can it be stopped? I just say this. I know, you know, people are listening and we're all brothers and sisters in this community of ours right yeah people are assholes what are you gonna do about it yeah bad people have guns but i I mean one supposition here is you have to feel you're gonna get caught better than 50 50 well yeah you do have to he turned himself in they didn't catch him wow because the pressure was getting on and the woman in the car is gonna rat him out you know and uh, in court they they hid the car they're gonna get it painted they vacuumed it for the shell, you know? Wow. I mean, it wasn't exactly... But it wasn't like he got caught. Right. Nor did the guy at White Castle. You know, he... No, no, they... Shot up a van full, you know, with kids in it. So you, you got to feel there's going to be some consequence. Like, you know, there are, there's going to be a cop around. You would hope there's going to be some consequence. You know, but that hope is dwindling. See, but those are the things we can do, you know? Like a, a, a well-equipped, professional police force, not underpaid guys Snapchatting racist shit about making a young black woman walk home in a polar vortex. Well, and I mean, yeah, of course, we don't need that. But that's what we have. But that's what we have. And it almost seems as if we have these guys on the police force who are doing their time, their two to five years in Detroit, so then they can transfer to a suburban department. Yeah, well, there's that. I mean, but like over a third of the department now is a guy with less than five years or a gal. That's a tremendous shift. The more devastating person leaving the force is the the person with 10 to 20 years. Right. The one's like, I'm fucking out of here. This is a mess. You know, in in my... my Well, and and they can retire after 20, right? Police officers? Yeah, but, you know, remember, I mean, what... But what are they retiring with? And then, you get, you know, you're not retiring now. You got to go work. You don't have health care. Your pension took a little bit of a uh, hit. You know, you got no Social Security. You got no Social Security. You'll, you'll see a bunch of, like, you know, 55-year-old guys, like, working at a jewelry store now. Armed security. Greeters at Walmart. Yeah. You know, whatever they can do. And I respect that. I respect I, that. That is true. I, I know a guy that was working at Home Depot in the garden section. Sure. Which, yeah, yeah, I mean, but... Probably a good job, and, you know, I respect it. No, he fucking hated it. I bet he did. Because he, you know, I mean, it, it, of the cops that I know and have interacted with in over the years, 
they want to make a difference. They want to feel like they're doing they something. They want to protect guys like Richard and his children. Yeah. That's what they want to do. And, uh, yeah, guns are ubiquitous now. I mean, we, And they're being hamstrung every time they turn. I mean, we're looking, you know, the TV's above us because Drew never turns off his fucking TV. <laughs> 49 dead at, you know, mosque terror attacks in New Zealand. You know, now, now the argument would be, well, if somebody in that mosque had a firearm, you could have saved a couple dozen lives, which is true. This is what Richard's talking about. Yeah, I mean... I, now think of a cop. Everybody's got a gun. Right. Right? You have to wear a, a, a camera to record yourself taking a shit. Everybody's got a gun. Well, not only do you have to wear a camera, you got to wear body armor. Fuck. Because you're just, you're more susceptible to being a target and a lot of other people. Oh, the, the cops are here, bang, 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 you know. What the fuck? Exactly. So, and, you know, I'm not that old. I'm 49 years old. Uh, seems to me I remember, you know, when it wasn't like this. I mean, things have been bad. Sure, crime's been bad up and down. and But the gun violence. Yeah. I mean, and I'm a gun lover. I'm a hunter and I'm a target shooter. Uh, a sports shooter. I mean, I love my guns. I don't want to give them up. I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm not going to give them up. Um, and we had Skip Mongo on. Right? Yeah. And he was talking about 67 riots, right? And he says, he didn't say if, he says when it goes off again, it's a whole nother level because you're talking like AR-15s. You're not talking. 30, you're not talking 30, about 30 a 38 six. with a six-shot revolver. Right. Well, there was just a big ruling in uh, the Sandy Hook case where the, the, the parents and people involved in that are allowed to proceed with their lawsuit and sue the manufacturers of the guns because of their advertising. They advertised to wackos, huh. you, you know? But you're, you're absolutely right. It's not the six-piece or, you know, the six-round revolver. It's the AR-15 with the extended clips, and I got 30 rounds in here, and I can fucking put in another one. And and I'm a hunter. I, I love deer hunting. And you're, you're, you're against those weapons, aren't you? Totally. For pe regular people to have them. Those are military weapons. I, you know, I've been hunting for, well. I mean, you're a real hunter, too, man. You're like one of them, them dudes that shits in a buck and sits in a tree for three days. I do, and I'll, I'll sit out in the woods, and nothing will happen for three days, and I won't get anything, and I'll go back next year. You know, but I don't know anybody who hunts with those weapons because they're not hunting weapons. You know, I mean, yeah, you could you could bring down a deer with an AR-15 or but, you, you know, you're, you're not going to use it for bird hunting or any of that. Nobody hunts with that shit because they're ineffective for hunting. They're not hunting weapons. Those are military weapons. And their only design is to kill other people. And I, I believe we need those weapons for the military. But I don't need my neighbor down the street to have one. Well, you ask the neighbor, because I've, you know, I've done this. I've hung out with militia groups and stuff. I, you say, well, what's it for? Well, you know, liberty. I said, what do you mean liberty? Well, the tyranny of the government. I mean, I say, you're going to turn that weapon on your brother. It's the police. It's, it's the military. It's like, and a lot of these guys were in the military. So you have a brotherhood, and you love your country, but... But you're willing to take up arms against it. And not it. Remember. Them. You're pointing it at your neighbor. Right. So it, for me, it's, 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 it's for war, internal war, or it's for mindlessness. Yeah. But they, they're fucking fun to fire. They're amazing. Oh, my gosh. 
do you remember that story we did on the, the with the AK forty seven? Yeah, it was extremely fun to shoot that gun. Oh my goodness, it was fun. But I don't want my neighbor having one. Those AR fifteen because he might he might lose his shit and go after his wife and kids or what whatever. But the the, the AK is like a, a heavy weapon. There's a lot of kickback on it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's it's bruising. It's a step below like a shotgun. But the AR fifteens are like silk. Oh, they vent the gas out the, the, the barrel and it, bang, 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 and it stays on target. And it's a great gun to fire. I got no business having one. And with the scope, you can't miss. No. It doesn't, it's, it's a killing machine. Yeah, and... Um, and you're trying to raise a baby in this shit. We all are. Yeah. You know, like, what the fuck is going on? And again, I'm, you know, I'm no, I'm like a middle-of-the-road guy. I'm no socialist. I'm no right-wing wacko, I don't think, you know, but I do believe in equity. I do, I do know I live here, right? And <clears throat> you're, he's a mile from, you know, Dearborn or whatever. Like, this is, yeah. this is everybody's community. He's on a freeway, for fuck's sake. We're all on a freeway. Ooh, I, I you know, I was on my phone, and I didn't quite see you, and I, you're going to unload on me? Right. Oh, I'm sorry I didn't give you the wave when, when you let me in, and now you're going to come up here in road rage, and fire shots into my car what's going on i don't know so what do we do again i'm 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 so pro development you know no city needs it more than this one right we got a lot of stuff you can develop but i just believe like government should get out of the way if you want developers to develop cut the red tape for them right give them bonuses for for making certain levels of employment or speed or you know getting it built sure but I don't, I don't think you siphon from the police department and the fire department and you know wh- wherever you are to fund this shit no you don't you know and because uh, there's no skyscrapers in the neighborhood there's no grocery stores there's no grocery stores or as that, that, that was that's been my thing you know because I've been at Fox 2 for two decades now over two decades and that's always been my thing. You know, you, people are like, oh, the city's coming back. The city's rebuilt. Yeah, midtown, downtown. But you go out into the neighborhoods, the other 400 square miles of the city, there's no grocery stores. Wh- where, do you go to, where do you go to get your groceries? And I'm just where not- do you go to, to drop off your, your good suit at the dry cleaner? They're yeah. not there. They're not there. So everybody's on the freeway getting to there. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You yeah, know? and I'm not wholly convinced. That we keep saying midtown, downtown. I'm not wholly convinced that the financing is solid for it to maintain itself. Restaurants close now. What what happens in a downturn? It's such a slow build. They, they, you couldn't magically turn a city around like that by by going broke. Consider what we're talking about. Do you think that's why people buy into this bullshit narrative that oh, the Detroit's the comeback city? Because it is such a slow build, like, you know, and I'm talking about, you know, the people like me who live out in White Lake or the people who live in Farmington and, you know, they, they just travel down to a Tiger game or a, a Lions game or a, or a Pistons game for that matter, mm-hmm. whatever. And they're like, everything's great. But they're not going into the neighborhoods. They don't have to shop there for groceries. They don't have to look for a dry cleaner. They don't have to look for you know, uh, an auto repair store. Right. And then there's no shame in that. For, I mean, no, look, no, sure. I, I'm not trying to, well, I, I, I do understand, um, 
the Elan. I, I understand why people are happy because we're all from here. Right. And it's been so long that you couldn't go downtown. There's nothing there. Right. So in a way, it is a miracle. Look, there's new cement, right? The, it's clean. They're picking up some garbage. The stores are open. There's building going on. You can get a drink. Sure. When, 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 when could you do that when we were growing up? In downtown and midtown. It, well, kind of. There was, there was a few places. I remember when I started at Fox 2, you know, we, you'd, we'd go out into the neighborhood, and this was, you know, in 99, 98, 99, 97 maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm that old. But you'd drive around the neighborhoods, and you'd see a corner bar. And, you'd, you know, and there were places that you could go to in the neighborhoods. Those places don't exist anymore. You know, they probably went away because they don't have any patrons, because the patrons don't have any jobs. They don't have any money to go there. You're talking about in the neighborhoods now. Yeah, in the neighborhoods. Yeah, a lot well, of the, There's the, nothing. The good old bars I liked, yeah, they kind of have closed. Sure. Well, you know, downtown siphoned it up, I suppose. It, it's, it's hard when, when your tax dollar as a business owner goes to your competitor. Yeah. You know what I mean? When, <laughs> Real tough. Right, when you're giving them the special sauce to the, the connected... What about the Mon Pa corner bar? You know what I mean? If, if property values go up, your, your taxes go up. Yeah. If you're a business owner. They sure do. But, you know, your business is dying. It's and, fucked up. And, you know... So, you know... We've had a lot of good mayors. We've had a lot of bad mayors. But here it is in 2019. Here we are. This is what we got. We got auto plants closing. You know, despite what Trump says about bringing jobs back and mm-hmm. bringing manufacturing back, we still have auto plants closing. And those are those are not only the people who work there, but those are the Coney sto- the Coney owners. You know, uh, they're they're uh, their customers, the people who go to dry cleaners, everything. And Detroit is not rebuilt. Detroit is not rebounded. No, I mean, look, okay, this, this is the point of this, having this program, is Richard is our brother. This is a cool dude. I mean, you know, and his wife's really cool. Good, hardworking people. Neighbors, these are, these are people you want as your neighbors, right? And if, if one suffers, we all suffer. And we, we got to continue to bring these stories about our brothers and sisters, how life really is. It's, it's, it, all of our children are going to be affected by this. My kid can't do well if, if his kid doesn't do well. Right. And you've got to lock your kids away. You can't let them play out there. You can't let them ride a bike. Well, and I think what Schools people... Schools suck. I think what people need to realize, though, is that could be you because you're coming down to a Tiger game and you end up inadvertently, you know, cutting somebody off or whatever... And then they fire into your car, mm-hmm. and your kid dies, or your wife dies. And we're, we're not here to create panic or a boogeyman. We're, we're, no. We're here to point out serious issues. Yeah. Right? Oh, they're serious. What are right. we? That's, you, you, you think I enjoy my week anymore? <laughs> Do you no. think? Fu- I know you don't. Fucking with these guys, pushing them, trying to get others in the business to follow, right? Do, to do the work. It's not, it sucks. I would much rather do stories on Irish Gaelic dancing because there's nothing else going on. <laughs> but but there there is other stuff going on. 
which is important, you know. And let me read this to you. This is a, you know, who David Simon is. No. You ever hear the TV show The Wire? Yeah. Oh yeah. Of you course. Ever, did you ever see The Wire? Of course. I was a huge fan. Fucking great, right? Yeah. David Simon created The Wire, and he was also a longtime Baltimore Sun reporter. Covered crime in Baltimore, which is like a mirror image of Detroit. Detroit, yeah. Right? This guy's for real. And he told a Senate committee uh, back in 2009 about the future of the news. And he said, quote, the next 10 or 15 years in this country are going to be a halcyon era for state and local political corruption. It is going to be one of the great times to be a corrupt politician. So seven years later. He wrote that. In 2011? He, he, 2009, he, he, said 2009. That, he said that to the, the Senate Committee on the Future of News because it's dying, the Internet. Sure. Right? Newspaper's dead. Yeah, and, you know, the uh, Facebook and Google have sucked up all the advertising, so you can't pay for it. So now, consequence of that, half the states in the United States, have, um, in half the states in our country, uh, there are no newspapers with even one reporter dedicated to covering Washington. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you're saying like a Detroit News, Detroit Free Press, they don't have a Washington correspondent. They do, actually. But half of the other... Uh, the states, like, right? Like, let's throw Wyoming. The Des Moines Register. Right. They would probably have them, but, you know, right. I mean, do, do they have one in Tennessee? The You know, the, the Nashville. Right. Thing, right. Uh, so that way, there's no coverage of your congressional delegates, right? Or your state stake in federal budgeting, right? Between 2003 and 2014, the number of newspaper state house reporters where all the shit's really Where it cut happens, up, yeah. Right, right, with 45 the, cents a gallon tag. The shit where it affects you. Right. Uh, the number of newspaper reporters uh, covering the state house fell from just under 500 to about 300. Wow. Right? Wow. That's six. Per state, like you, you, you got to. I, I never believed in like oh, you know, righting the wrongs and uh, comforting the afflicted. Right, I, I was just a guy that liked meeting dudes like Richard. I like writing stories, but as I get older, I, your eyes open up. You you wake like holy fuck, what are they doing? You, you got to beat their ass because you don't beat ass for the sake of beating ass because that's just being a bully, right? But we got to. Oh, you beat ass to tell them what the fuck's going on. The times are calling for it. Yeah. Like, like David Simon said, it's a halcyon era for corruption. And if you don't understand a contract, well, it's written down, it's in a contract, must be legal. No. No. Or how did they arrive at that? Or why didn't the, the lowest bidder get the job? How does this keep going? How does it. It's just straight up lie what the police say. Well, and I, I think we're seeing the... These are bullshit deals going on downtown. Oh, my gosh, yes. They are. I got to do it for you. They're bullshit deals, and it's growing. It has grown to a national level. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, so you think you're getting fucked locally. I mean, take a look at what's going on nationally and, you know, how many... People in Donald Trump's administration have been charged with corruption and all this and that, you know. Lying, basically. But well, you know what? Well, it's more than lying. It's straight up corruption. The, the Scott Pruitt's and the, the, you know, the EPA, and he's doing deals with, you know, uh, fossil fuels and coal companies and whatever. You know, it, it enriches himself to the detriment of 
everybody else in the country. And again, I'm kind of a fan of clean air and clean water. Well, I'm looking at it like this. So we got Michael Bloomberg come to town, right? With, yeah. with Gretch standing on stage. I'm going to throw some nickels your way for this uh, opioid epidemic. Like, look, the, the, the solution's easy. The politics is hard, but make it illegal again. Yeah. We, when, it, when it wasn't legal. But why don't they make it illegal? Big Cause, money. Because drug companies have big money. Buys the process. Yeah. They, 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 they yeah, damn get, right. get the laws changed. They spend a billion dollars lobbying for it. Right. And what do we do? We, we spend a half a billion dollars, quote unquote, fighting it. Well, that, that, just, lo- that loses every time. Just massive waste of money and, and lives. Yeah. You know, put the shit back in the hospital. Oh, you, you, you want a narcotic like that? You right. know, an, a synthetic opium? You get it in the hospital. You're not allowed to have it in your... In your home. Right. Oh, here, here's, a, here's a prescription for 60 pills, and you might only need 10, and then you've got another 30 left or whatever it is, and then maybe you got your kid coming into your medicine cabinet. Yeah, come on. Bulk taking up, your fucking pills. Bulk up inspectors at the DEA, yeah. right? Because it's basically prescriptions. Yeah. Writing millions of prescriptions for like thousands of people. So if millions of if people. It, like look, cigarettes. We we got control of cigarettes. You know, ATF. I don't see people cigarettes are expensive. I don't see people smuggling them. Why not? Because they're still available. Yeah, you know, and if you want to smoke, it's gonna cost you an arm and a leg. No, because they have it well regulated. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a black market there for sure. Why why don't I see one? So well regulate the opio- opioid market. Well regulate right. the gun market. Right. Stop the pharmaceutical companies from pushing them to doctors and take out doctors who have an abnormally high amount of prescriptions for it. I mean, it's it's ruining our country. Yeah, but you saw, you saw that like some see some media does really go or 60 minutes in the Washington Post, wasn't it? Yeah, they and, did. And uh how the D the DEA was sort of Purchased by the pharmaceutical companies, and and yeah. and uh, the, they very well were. One of the guys running the DEA um, helped write the law that took the fangs out of the DEA for these the go-betweens to ship these pills. Well, he got paid. Fuck, he got paid. Yeah. So now those inspectors that hey, wait a minute, this this warehouse here is is uh, a go-between for like ten million, you know, opioid oxycontin pills. Well, we're not going to pay attention to that anymore. I don't know. Let's do this. Um, 10 million opioid pills. I'm just throwing the numbers out. No, I, I know. Mean, well, 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 maybe it's 5 million. Maybe it's 20 million. Whatever it is. You know, I remember. I know there was 200 million opioid prescriptions. I just. Two I just years t- ago, right? And there's 300 million Americans. Right. Right. You don't need that shit. I didn't. I, I'm not one of them. No, I'm not either. And I just had uh, some an incident where I had, I was in the hospital and the guy, you know, and I had some pain or whatever. And, you know, they were getting ready to release me. And he's like, just take some Motrin. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And don't give me a prescription. I don't, I can't take that stuff anyway, because it fucks with my stomach. Mm-hmm. But I was, you know, I was really appreciative. Cause I'm like, thank you for not pushing some drugs onto me. Yeah. You know? Because you don't need that. And like you said, we had 300 million people in the country and 200 million prescriptions for opioids. Well, you know, Medicaid will pay for that. 
Right. And so, you know what you do when you live in West well, Virginia? And, and the prescription. You and go the- get it. You go get it. And then you sell it. Right. So it becomes a business. Five bucks a pill or whatever it is. And why wouldn't you do it? We're living in America. Shit's, you know, it's fucking rugged out there. It's, it's capitalism. It's shit. You, you get know. the government to pay for it and not sell it. So the go- we're creating our own epidemic. When, when, and, but, but, but when you say the government's paying for it, that's you and me paying right. for it. Right. Government don't write checks. They, they take taxes out of us and give the money away. And then dip into my pocket so we can, you know, fight it. Right, right, right. While we're peddling it. Right. And we go, and we go round and both, round. They got both sides of the fucking uh, story. And so what do we have? We've got a school where, that was closed where kids got shot outside of it moldering and falling down and and the school district can do nothing about it they're right. broke right and what did moody's the bond rating agency what is detroit's uh credit rating junk yeah junk junk so, so we pay more for money we got to borrow right and and yeah you you got to you know you're considered a bad investment not investment grade it's it's likely you won't pay it back right that's what they really think and one of the reasons they gave was we don't have money to invest in the schools that we need to invest in the schools, and that's going to pull us down. And not only the build, the, think about the human lives, the kids, the Christians of the world. The students. We, it starts now, right? And that young man, well, God rest his soul, right? But he's the project. He's the thing we're trying to build, right? What are you, who are you, who are you typing to? All right. <laughs> Checking the time. All right, because um, we don't want to. I, I wasn't typing to anybody. All right, um, that's how it starts. <clears throat> Taking care of everybody's kids. Right. Not handouts. A hand up. Well, that's right. pretty good. A- Amen. Pretty good. It's his right to live a nice, clean life in a clean city that's safe. Right. And assholes have to feel the pain. You gotta make these assholes like Durham feel the pain. Well, yes. But then again, watch this. Durham took the life of a three-year-old. Right. Durham's twin brother was murdered three years ago. They haven't solved it. Durham's oldest sibling died in his mother's womb when she was struck by a bullet in her youth, went through the fetus's head. His father was shot through the chest and abdomen in a robbery. His father's father was shot in a heroin house above the kneecap and it came out as scrotum. His grandfather... His, wow. his mother's father, right? You know, the woman that was shot in the fetus. Her father was killed at a, a grocery store, at a, a, you know, like a small market in the neighborhood. Right. Somebody liquor came, store with food. Yes, well, somebody came to rob her. He was buying diapers for her. He wouldn't give up the diaper money, so they shot him dead. That's four generations, right? Oh, my God. So that's something else. That's something else we have wow. to deal with, a culture of things. Well, that's... It's no maybe, simple answer. That's maybe the number one thing we have to deal with, because... Well, how do you deal with that? I mean, I guess I'm living in white privilege in, in White Lake. I don't have anybody in my family who has been violently killed in a murder. Thank God. Thank the Lord. Yeah, you're you lucky. Know. You know, I am. Um, how do you... Te- I, I, I don't know how you instill confidence in people who have... Four generations. Of being shot to death. Of being shot to death, you know, at the hand of criminals. What do we do, a government program? What do, you do? we do some programs? 
We start a program. Start handing out checks. What do we do? What kind of program works? What do, what do you do? We've tried that? everything. The Great Society. We've tried everything. You know what we got to do? Just you know gotta, what, we, what we haven't done? Try to take the fucking guns away. And I say that as a gun lover. Forget I, it. I don't understand. Just forget it. It's over. That's, no, like, like Richard said. Oh, because Richard lives in the real world. <laughs> yeah. Right? Did only bad people got to have because you can get one. And that, Everybody can get That's one. the fact. They, they change that too. You know, like stand your ground. Right. You know, concealed weapons carry, open carry. It's cats out of the bag, dude. You can take, what about ammunition? Wanna yeah, gun, guns don't kill people. Ammunition kills people. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's just let's put a little saga here. Take a break, everybody. We're going to do this so you could breathe. We'll be uh, back in a second. Justice. I need 
Peter Tosh, right? It is Peter Tosh, yes, sir. Sweet, I love Peter Tosh. Okay, listen, everybody. Uh, we, we have sponsors on this show. People believe in us and we believe in them, but I'm not going to sell you anything that I don't believe in. You know, if I don't believe in them, they're not going to be on this show. So I've been saying I was going to go see Dr. Yaldo, you know, the LASIK specialist. The guy is dope. I'm telling you, he's it. it's a full-on... I care. So he's a, he's a, you have a dentist, he's your eye doctor. They, they sell frames there, right? They sell like uh, stylish frames, Gucci, uh, Calvin Ooh. Klein. They even sell like the $5 readers you get at uh, CVS. I need a pair of readers. Yeah. I mean, it's no heavy sell and they, they weren't in there trying to sell me stuff. They weren't. I got an eye exam. It's pretty good. Glaucoma runs in my family. So I'm going to go back. For testing later so he's my eye doctor they take care of kids right so it's it's not a meat shop they're not trying to hustle you into getting surgery they're trying to help you yeah oh and he's, they want you to see better he's super cool he looks like de niro he speaks seven languages i even had him do a de niro you told me that the other day yeah, he, <laughs> that's great he's he's my doctor now i'm just telling you that like really friendly staff uh one of the nurses there I was on a wrestling uh, team with her, with her husband. So it's like, it was no like kidding. family. It was great. And um, listen, here's where it's at. Just use your insurance. Go get an eye exam. Because, you know, they, they put the drops in your eyes. You look at the letters. They, they do what you think they're going to do. So listen, call 800-398-EYES, 800-398-EYES. Right? Look. 398-EYES. Right? Or you can go to uh, YaldoEyeCenter.com. Now... I'm sitting in the lobby. Do, do you have that tape? It's a guy named Jimmy Duff, like Le Duff. I'm like, dude, we're family. We're from the same tribe. We're Celts, right? And uh, so I decided to get a testimonial. Here's, here's what he said. What's your name? James Duff. Okay, and uh, you got LASIKs here, Dr. Young? Yeah, I got a doctor. You work? It worked great. What, what was wrong with you before? I'm uh, pretty much blind in my left eye. And you got the LASIK in, and you can see perfectly now? I see great. So, you give him the thumbs up, Dr. Yoda. Give him the thumbs up. My man. All right. Good luck in here. Okay, we'll see you. Yeah, Jimmy was blind in his left eye. See, Lasix, it, they, they'll, they'll work on your cornea. It gets misshapen when you get older, and that's how you get your, your distant vision back. Um, or we, as you get older, you, you know how your cat has the... Well, I've gotten older, and I need reading glasses now. Right. And he can, he can help with that. Everything. You know what I mean? They're, they're checking for your, your physical health. I've got to be honest. I was waiting for you to go to see how it, how it, was it, great. How it, it was went. Great. 
clean. Because you know, I'm going to make an appointment. Professional. I have to. Right. So just tell them, you know, LaDuff sent you, no bullshit news, uh, 800-398-EYES. I loved it. I did. I loved it. They were really cool. So that's what I got to say about them. Um, Luke Nowacki, you know, that, that's my, my fine. I went to go see him. Okay. And I made myself nude. I showed him my finances, right? <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you went you, you went in and stripped you can't down. Be and you're like, more hey, I'm looking at your eyes. You can't your- be more nude than let somebody look at your money. True that. And I'm smart with my money. And there's just even a few things like I, you know, I have 401ks from when I worked at the New York Times and Fox, and they're they're still under the control of those companies. He says, why don't you have them consolidate where you control it? Because every time you exercise an option with your 401k, you have to pay the company. 50 bucks. That's out of your pocket. Out of, just out of your pocket to get to your and own money. That you'll never get back. He's like, you got to consolidate, though. Just that. And then there was a lawyer in there about, you know, your estate, like my home, my daughter, my wife, our assets, right? My wife would get everything if I died. But you can set up a sort of a contract where you, you, your wife's like your partner. And so if somebody sues you for your assets, they can't get to them because she's sort of like a co-owner in the company. Kind of like a, a limited liability corporation. Something like that. So it, That's smart. He was great. Then we went out and had a drink afterwards. He was a really great guy. So listen, I'm just throwing away these reads. Call Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. 248-663-4748. I'm telling you, I don't advertise guys and gals that I don't believe in. Now, finally, my favorite restaurant is American Coney Island. Love it. I eat there. I eat there, too. I work there. I'm telling you, that's where I go. You should drop in. They're, she's a real fan of people with the badge. Raises a lot of money. Very charitable, right? Very supportive of Detroit. And schools. And schools. Really dynamite. And people. Right. And the food's delicious. Yeah, it's downtown American Coney Island at Lafayette in Michigan. 100 years, that recipe for that chili is one wow. it's proprietary. It's the only one like that. Somebody was thinking. And not only that. So, and if you want to get a Coney Kit, little taste of Detroit, you're throwing a party, go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. And they have the, uh, you can order the Coney packs and send them to somebody that you were just talking about. Send them to your friends because it's delicious. They'll love it. Yep. I mean, it's too late for Patty. Happy Patty's Day, everybody. Um, but, yeah, any of your parties, Super Bowls, what, what, what have you. Whatever. Right? Brad Edwards loves them. All of our reporters across the country love them. And, by the way, American Coney Island, Grace Carroll says, you know, basically, we put her to work. She's a reporter here. Yeah. She's a reporter for the No Bullshit News Hour. Remember she took the Punchkey dogs last week? I do. Because me- Duggan was <coughs> giving her shit about the Punchkey Coney dogs. Yeah, on Twitter. And she's like, hey, what the fuck? You yeah, know? on and Twitter. She like, took them the to city them. does not approve, so she takes them to them. And remember, here comes the asshole out the, the, the public elevator at the front door. Guess what was happening at that very moment? Who was... The Who's feds there? were coming up the back stairs. Ooh. They hit City Hall at that moment. We were on the air. Yes, the No Bullshit News Hour, which is a nice segue. Hey, uh, Kat, you there? Hey, how are you? Real good. How are you? Great. See, I want to introduce you to uh, our audience. I want it to be your audience because I think the world of you, this is Katrice Stafford. She's the City Hall reporter for the Detroit Free Press. Dynamite. I love her work. I go to her work to be informed. So... I'm, I'm glad you're around, Kat, because there's pretty much nobody in City Hall anymore, is there? You know, you know, I, I hear the stories of when City Hall was robust in terms of the amount of reporters that, you know, were were 
always in the hallways. And, and now it's, it's really not many of us left. It's like a tumble. So, it's, it's like you and um, uh, Ferretti from Detroit News. She, she, well, do you guys use that office down there? Because they put you in yeah. the basement. Yeah, yeah, we're in a, the windowless uh, office. Is how we call. That's what we call it. No window. Nice. <laughs> in the basement. In the basement, like they just stuffed you down there. So it's you two. That's it. In the whole state of Michigan, people keeping their eyeballs on Detroit City Hall. It's you two. Right. Plus all the other shit you got to do. Right. Which is why reporters might not know the moment the feds are in the building uh, because we get, you know, and a, and a guy wearing a Coney dog mascot outfit is going to be the guy to know. Because <laughs> we're, we're over. What, what's one? Is that, is that true, by the way, that uh, the feds came in the building between noon and one uh, last Friday? Right. As as we, we had a photograph of the mayor leaving. Is that true? Yes. You know, according to my sources, you know, I, I've also been able to get that confirmed. And, you know, the, the city actually confirmed it as well. Uh, I believe they characterized it to me as well as some other reporters. They, they you know, called it a, quote, scheduled agent visit is how they characterized it. What, what does yes. that mean? <laughs> you know, I'm not certain. <laughs> I'm not I'm not certain. But. That's how they characterize it. But yet, to answer your question, it's true. They were there. And what were, what were they... See, this this is huge. Okay, so, Kat Stafford. What, what, what is your uh, Twitter handle, by the way, so people can start following your work? It's Kat underscore Stafford. And what about Facebook? Twitter. Uh, Facebook is just Kat Stafford. Kat Stafford. Okay, so... Ladies and gentlemen, S T A F F O R D. Yeah, like 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 the right. uh, Hall of Fame uh, quarterback we have for the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Any relation, Cat? No, actually, I get that all the time. You'd be surprised. <laughs> How's your passing arm? <laughs> Not that much better than his. <laughs> <laughs> She's tougher. Yeah, for sure. So so lay it out, Cat. I mean, uh, it's a, that's a huge freaking deal. When federal agents, it's the first time that I'm aware of that they've now penetrated City Hall. What were they doing there? What are they looking at? And this is the demolition stuff. And and how big is it? Because, you know, people just hearing me, like, yell about it for months now. But give us your take on what's going on with this thing. So if I can, Charlie, let me back up a couple weeks to when, you know, like you just said, you know, you've, you've been leading the charge. You've been doing a lot of the, all of the heavy lifting on this reporting. So, uh, but back in February, that's when I wrote that one piece that kind of, uh, you know, in terms of the free press's readership asked, you know, posed the question is, you know, has contaminated dirt been used at these sites across the city, these demolition sites across the city, which is what you've been talking about. You know, and since February, I would say, you know, we really have started to see this investigation heat up. We've had more people talking about it. We've had a lot of attention on it. You know, we had uh, Council Pro Tem Mary Sheffield, uh, you know, asking for congressional hearings on this very issue. We've had State Rep Latanya Garrett also calling for state-level hearings. And like you just said, you know, we actually have confirmed acknowledgement that the feds, six tarp were in City Hall last week. So when someone asked me how would I describe this, I would say it's, it's definitely heating up at this moment. 
I mean, this is what people are talking about in City Hall right now. I'm going to go here. I'm, I'm not going to... I believe, without a doubt, without a doubt, there are going to be indictments because, you know, a grand jury's impaneled for 18 months, and then you can re-impanel them or, or they go away. And they've, you know, re, we've got more subpoenas again, right? So without a doubt, there will be indictments. It, without a doubt, City Hall acknowledges now there's an ongoing investigation, right? Right. Do, do you think there will be indictments? And the question is, how high do you think it goes? That's a tough question, but it that's sure a good is. question. <laughs> you know, with I will say this. You know, with the amount of scrutiny that we've seen over the past uh, several weeks, you know, starting going back years from when you first broke all of this to now, uh, do I believe indictments are coming? Um, how can I say this, you know, as an reporter who's still covering the city? You can say it. <laughs> I, I think... I think with the amount of investment of time that we've seen based off of my reporting and your reporting from these federal agencies, I think it's highly unlikely that they would have this amount of effort, time, resources, and agents on this if we weren't going to see some sort of end result. Does that answer your question? You sure and I does. think that I think that they're looking at so many facets of the city demolition program, dirt, uh, the, you know, the unit price contracts, uh, fraud. You know, there's so bid, many different bid rigging, things that, collusion, yeah. Right, right, right. There's so many different things that you've confirmed that I've also confirmed with my own independent sources uh, who have shared what this investigation is centered on. So I would be highly surprised if by the end of this, you know, um, we don't see some sort of result. Do you... Do you feel the pressure again i mean in, in my estimation this is I'm j i just want to laud you a little bit i mean i i know you're there every day you're not your, your time's not split around doing other crazy stuff i mean to me you're the city hall reporter you it, it revolves around your eyes is it hard as a woman raising kids uh trying to keep this straight and trying to keep the city's finances and politics focused for other people like you do you do you wake up in the morning and your stomach hurts i like how you phrase that you know um for for, for your listeners who don't know you know i'm from detroit i was born in detroit i was raised in detroit you know from from the beginning until you know i was 18 i was in detroit until i left for college so i think growing up here seeing the issues that face the city, seeing the challenges, seeing my own childhood neighborhood where my parents still live to this day change so drastically while we're seeing all of this redevelopment and, you know, economic investment downtown, you know, coming home to be a reporter in the city. Yeah, I feel that way, you know, because I want to make sure that I use my platform the best way I can. And what do I mean by that? I mean, telling the stories of Detroiters, shining a light in the areas that you don't typically see in mainstream media and just being a voice for, for people. You know, some people might think that's dramatic, but it's true. That's how I look at this job. I'm the voice for the people. So when you ask me, do I feel the weight of that? Yes. <laughs> Every day. And when, you know, it's not an agenda. I mean, we, we, we like to like dance around and play on this show, but it's not an agenda. It's what you see. You report facts. 
It's what's going on. Yeah, and so when, when you do that, I got to assume, because I've had it, the, the tremendous pushback, not only from people who are tired and want to say good things, we're tired of the shit in this town, but the political pushback. They don't, they being the power that be, don't want you out there saying this stuff. Do you get that pressure as well? Yeah, you know, I think any journalist who writes stories that, you know, go against the grain or push back against, you know, the idea of the the city's comeback, you know, that challenges that notion of what does comeback mean and who is the comeback for. I think any reporter who, who reports on that, these types of topics that we're talking about, you're going to get some sort of pushback. You know, you're called the, the negative reporter or you, you always find these types of stories. But, you know, I think we both, though, along the way, have also been careful to also highlight Detroiters who are making a difference, Detroiters who have never left, Detroiters who have stayed and invested in their town. I think we also highlight those stories as well. So when people question, well, why do you always find the negative stories? I don't look at it that way. It's just reporting the truth, reporting everything that's happening in the city, the good, the bad. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I look at it like, go ahead, Bob. I was just going to say, you'd rather report the good stories. But right. those aren't the stories that are coming your way. Well, not me. Not re- I, I must be honest, okay, Kat and Bob? Um, if, if, if it was only good stuff going on, there would be no need for me. Well, that's true, and that's what journalists do and reporters do. We're, we're do, you, do you know that the Gaza Strip, okay, yeah, is on the Mediterranean? Do you know it's yeah. a beautiful beach? You think I'm going to Gaza? To talk about the beautiful beaches. About the surf report? No, probably Am not. Am I doing a weather report? It's nice on the beach? No. That's not what I right. do. See, well, and you can't, you can't come to Detroit and just talk about the the restaurants that are opening or the new bars and and places you can go get a, a fresh cocktail, because that's not that's not the story. Think about this. The story is that's that shit's normal. See, news right. is, is what's abnormal. True that. News is what's exceptional. Okay, the minute that normal becomes the exceptional is the minute you put a fork in it. That's yeah. that's what I see. Great. People decided to put money in, right? That's normal. But at what cost? That, right, Kat? That's the thing. Yeah. That's good down there. That's and, been done. And, Go ahead. And, you know, when, when you see the stories of, okay, Ford purchasing the, the, you know, Michigan Central train station or Chrysler announcing plans to open this new Jeep plan to bring all these jobs to Detroit, I think the role of a journalist is to say, okay, Yes, this is happening. But what does this mean for the community? What does this mean for Detroit? Who is actually going to benefit from all of these policy decisions and everything that's happening? I think that's our role. Our role is to not stand there with the pom-poms and, you know, say, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Our role is to ask those critical questions for the community. Yeah. You know, that's, that's right how on. I look at it. That's right. Right on. And it's my job to scrub the documents. The boring part, right? Let me look at the financing here. Go through the numbers. Okay, what kind of jobs? Where did we get these jobs? Are these temporary jobs? Are these permanent jobs? How much would the city be putting in? At what cost? What is what is the financing on it? You know what I mean? Yeah, and when you bringing it all back to the demolition program since it's been receiving so much interest lately, 
Looking at the demolition program, when it was first launched, when Duggan was first elected in 2014, and he began this, this aggressive, you know, every time I write a story, characterize it as this aggressive blight remediation effort, you know, I think a lot of the truth are like, finally, we're going to start to see these homes come down. But along the way, you know, you started to see some of these issues being raised. Okay, our contract is falling protocol. What's happening with these bids? I think, again, that as journalists, we should be questioning and challenging the status quo. You know, we should be questioning the information that's being given to us. Our job is not to be stenographers, and hopefully that is the takeaway that people have listening to your show, people have reading my stories, is that we are doing a deep dive for the community. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, it's funny. I just want to bring up a piece of news. Okay, so... We're on this show, I'm like, hey, Eric Sabria, you got to resign. Wayne County Treasury, you got to resign, dude. Like, you, you, your family's benefited from the foreclosed yeah. homes of others, right? Now there's a story in the Free Press this week about... Massive foreclosures. Right? Like, n now they would take homes off the auction block, bundle them, put them into the Wayne County Land Bank, right? We're talking about demolition in the Detroit Land Bank. And then they would give those no bid to connected guys, uh, Fukano's former chief of staff is connected to a company where they make millions. They they give homes to these guys and they profit. They we don't even auction them off and have the county profit at the expense of the families in Wayne County. Right, and that's why the feds hit the mayor of Taylor, another land bank. So I, Catrice, the reason I really took a look at demo because it was in the land bank. And the land bank has all these weird quasi-governmental rules where they're allowed to do that. You don't even need to bid. You can, you can handpick people if you want. So the demolition was only part of it. This, this is where all the property is. Property, real estate, development, the new courthouse, the new all of this stuff. It's who gets what. But when it is state money or county money or, money. or city money, it's good old boy. But the demolition, that had federal money. Yeah. That had federal muscle attached to it. That's your money, and, Oklahoma. And, you know, when you're talking about the city's demolition program, you know, hundreds of millions of federal dollars that have come into the community. And, you know, these were opportunities, you know, since the program is so close to Flint City now, these could have been opportunities for Detroiters to really take and have a piece, a huge piece of, of money influxing into the community. And that's what some people are so upset about is they say, you know, they raise the question of why weren't Detroiters giving more of these contracts? Why weren't more, you know, Detroiters working on these demolition jobs in the very neighborhoods that they live? So that's where you're seeing a lot of the frustration when you look at the actual impact on the community. That's where a lot of the frustration is. That's true. You know, and I, I left that one to you because me, I'm like this. I, it's me and you now. It's how we, we have our talk. I'm rolling my eyes in the sense that I'm not going to do that one because I'm going to stick with, I don't give a shit who gets the contract. The contract's got to be legitimately gotten, right? And the work has to be legitimately done for a legitimate price. My position is the, the, the price on demolitions has doubled. So we got half of what we deserved. How about that? How about, it, let's say if the de Detroit-based companies got all these contracts and they were doing the same thing, nobody would bitch. I'm bitching because it's bad government and we're being ripped off. Right. Yeah, I don't. You know, go ahead. Speaking of which, you know, that, that story, I wrote a story uh, a week or so ago about the Chicago demolition company 
Oh, you uh, nailed him, man. Oh, my God. The feds are up their ass. That was great. The feds came into town after you did that story, right? Chicago comes in and just starts folding shit into the holes. Uh Uh-oh. The feds are knocking on people's doors in Detroit on a really cold night at 8 and 10 o'clock at night. That's what you did. Yeah. (laughs) But the the interesting piece of that story for me was when I was going through all of the contracts that this company had received— I started noticing how some of their, uh, these, these bids were so high. You know, there was one house, coincidentally enough, this was the street that I was raised on Wilshire, that was over $40,000 to demolish a single house. 40000 let, let me put this in perspective. Under Bing, the average price was about 8500 bucks. Now it's 40000 Oh, so my for this, God. For this one house, $47,703.41 to demolish a house. You know, the land bank said, you know, oh, well, some of these houses have significant amount of abatement work that needs to be performed. Okay, could be true. That might be true. But the question is, why are we paying over $40,000 to demolish a single a single family house? I mean, we're not talking about one of these huge duplexes along Grand River. We're talking about a single family basic house. $47,000, that's pretty high. Well, you know, that poison dirt is expensive when you put it back in the hole. So, oh, and, the po- and the poison dirt, remember something. This, and I was bitching about it when they were doing it, man. I was making videos. You were right on it. And uh, I'm like, this was going on, and there's no doubt. They can't keep, they don't have track of half. Oh, Kat, by the way, uh, Mishda, the state, told me, no, they, they didn't keep track of uh, load tickets until 2016. They, what? They left it to yeah. They I they got back to me yesterday, so they didn't keep track of the dirt. They the, the city was supposed to, and that information is supposed to be available upon request. Well, we're talking about the dirt now, so why don't you request it, right? Because wow. we don't. At the same time, Flint was getting poisoned with the water. They were doing this shit with the dirt. The same EPA office, the same DEQ in the state. Yeah. Nobody was looking out for us. Does that seem? Is that true, Cat? Am I, no. am I going over the top here? <laughs> no, no, you're not. You know, I think I think you raise a good point. You know, over, you know, the, the course of the reporting, you know, after the Chicago company, you know, one of the things that council kept saying at the table is who's supposed to be providing this oversight? Who's supposed to be watching this process as it's happening? Where were the, the, the controls that, you know, the city has been touting their internal quality controls of the program, but people are raising the question of who's supposed to be monitoring it. Is this responsibility on the city? Is it on the state? Is it on the NDQ? Is it on EPA? Whose responsibility is it? I I think that's something that Detroiters want to know. I felt it was mine. And then when I asked the question, what burns my, what chafes my ass is they didn't respond. They dithered and dicked and diffused and it was secretly shut down and they wouldn't tell us and there's an audit out there that calls it a sham and they know they know this this is all you've written this i've written this it's on the record so why didn't you do anything now whose responsibility it was all their responsibility well what they did was threaten you and the people who brought it up yeah lawsuits they they, they charged the whistleblower with fraud he beat that thing in two hours Jury, jury even had lunch. Bullshit. Yeah. What about Richard? What about his son? What about my daughter? Cat, tell me, what about my daughter? Yeah, you know, in, in all of the reporting, you know, it's, 
I feel like it could be easy to get caught up in the, the inside baseball. But again, for me, it's at the end of the day, it's about the community, the, the children, you know, I mean, this, this raises the question, you know, can, who's looking out for them, you know? Yeah. And it's a bitch for a city hall reporter. You know why? Because you have to do inside baseball. You are inside baseball because you must leave a record. You must lay the groundwork in the front. Cause look, when these indictments come, you know how much you're going to be plagiarized? You, everybody's going to need to go to your work, you, you know what I mean, in order to catch up. That's why inside baseball maybe doesn't get all the clicks all the time, but it's really, really important. Very important. It must be paid for. I agree. You know, I think journalism right now is unfortunately just trying to find its way to, you know, and it's, it's just unfortunate because it impacts the people the most. You know, when you have less reporters covering City Hall, when you have less reporters covering the Capitol, you know, the state legislature, I mean, that's when you start to see real issues because people aren't being held accountable. So that that's the that's the true tragedy of all of this. Okay, look, it's it's when this airs, it's Patty's Day. You got the last word. Give the people an uplift or something. What's coming? What am I covering? Yeah, what do you do? Give the people something good. What can we look forward to or tell them to love each other? Whatever you're going to do. You got the last word. <laughs> I'll say this. You know, um, thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks as, for coming on. As, yes, thank you. You know, as the, the Free Press City Hall, you know, community reporter, kind of taking on a lot of roles here lately, you know, my goal is to continue to tell these types of stories, to continue to uplift uh, Detroit voices, authentic Detroit voices. That That is my goal for this year, to tell more of their stories, to, to keep writing these deep dives, but to also show what Detroiters are doing in the community, to show what Detroiters are, you know, are, are doing across the city. I just would want to see more, and I hope that, Whoever's listening out, you know, to this show, reach out to me. If you have a story to tell, good or bad, that's what I'm here for. So thank you, Charlie. You got it. Now listen. Uh, you where, where can they reach out to you at? Cat underscore we... Stafford on, on Twitter. You can send a message. Cat Stafford on Facebook, right? You can get her through the, uh, what's your free press? The free press. Uh, email. Stafford S-P-A-F-F-O-R-D, at freepress.com. Stafford at free.com. Free press or free Free press. Free press.com. Easy deasy. Now, listen, text me your address. I'm going to send you a Coney kit. Oh, okay. Because Wait, can I take that? You are now. <laughs> it's under 50 bucks. I don't know bucks. if I can take that. Uh, 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 hey, man. I'm not hey, a contract. in trouble, Charlie. I'm not a contract. Listen, because we got reporters across the country, right? We have a White House <laughs> yeah. correspondent, a congressional correspondent, a border correspondent, a Chicago, Chicago correspondent. correspondent yeah. And um, so you're, you're going to be our. We have a weed correspondent. You're going to be our Detroit uh, City Hall correspondent. Will you take on that role? Sure. There you go. So send, we'll be me, calling you again. send me your address for your paycheck. It's going to be a Coney kit. You know, <laughs> you're going to love it. Okay? Just send nice me that. talking to you guys. Thanks, Thank lady. You so much. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Kat. Have a good weekend. You too. Take care. She's, she's dope. She is. I mean, it's not dead. You know what I mean? She. Uh, Gives me hope. There's still people that believe, you know. And it's a really hard job right now. It's really hard. You heard. I, I got nothing else to say. Are we? We haven't. Are we gonna have Joe on? Yes. We're gonna do Joe. Okay. We sent Joe. The other piece of news is uh, 
Oh, let me do some other news while, while we're calling him. Okay, so that's the update. Uh, Duggan was sneaking out the front doors. The feds were coming up, telling you people. Okay, two, Duggan doesn't have to testify in uh, Carmack's uh, criminal case. You know, uh, Carmack was um, tailing the mayor to his midnight rendezvous at his friend's house out in Wixom. And uh, so Carmack wanted Duggan to have to take the stand in his, you know, his, basically he's being charged for stealing property and selling it that belonged to the city. So uh, the judge said, no, Duggan does not have to testify. Surprise, surprise. That judge was Salinthia Miller, the one that I, I tailed to, uh, she's supposed to be on the bench and she was in Gross Point buying cantaloupes. So that just tells you how that goes. Uh, the chief of police, as we told you, was going to happen. Fired the, the cops at the 6th Precinct. And there's a report out now, as I told you in my story, about racial issues in the 6th that he knew about, was told about three years ago, did nothing. In fact, guys were transferred out of there and put into the 11th. Those were the, the white cops, the undercover cops that were going to raid that house. And... Ended up shooting other cops. They didn't shoot them. They, well, they ended up fighting they, with them. They, they put the guns at their heads because yeah, yeah. those guys were black and brown, and they just they just assumed that, you know, they were citizens. You're criminals. Right. Right. Which is, that's a felony to do that. Nothing ever came of it. That's just not, that's not good. Uh, the treasurer, yep, looks like he was, you know, as we reported a couple months ago, feds are up in his ass, hooking up his family and friends. Sir, it's time to resign. And just to tell you, Mr. Gilchrist, see, this is the land bank stuff. That's where you got that house. Everybody's all connected up in this bullshit, except all of us. You know what I mean? We the people paying. Right. If, if you're the boss and the elected officials, yeah, you can make out. Uh, Charlie, you not so much. See, the, one of the guys that just benefited from this deal with the Wayne County Land Bank was Bob Ficano's chief, chief of staff. The treasurer now worked under Ficano in the corporation council office doing real estate. How's everybody all, how, how come I didn't learn this growing up in Wayne County that the quickest way to get rich is to get into county government? Yeah. Why am I sitting in this fucking, what does Karen call it? Uh, lower the level, lower level. The lower level. Lower level. How can this be? Shout out to Karen. Yeah. Oh, and next week, the, the statute of limitations has expired. On. We don't have time this week. Next week, I will tell you what happened to me on Patty's Day. Oh. The real story. The one from a few years ago? Yeah, where I, I, you know, I got so much press on that. I got a call from London, England going, mate, what a piss up. You made the papers. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm a, I'm a sucker for uh, pain, so I ended up going down to the Paddy's Day Parade again and, uh, you know, got a little out of hand, but it was okay. Yes. Well, you did just now? Uh, it, last Sunday was the Paddy's Day Parade. Is that what sent you to the hospital? It was. Was it really? It was, yeah. Dude. Apparently the doctor said binge drinking's a problem. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Put you in the AFib, man. Right. Fuck, that was a piss-up, bro. It was kind of a piss-up. Oh, Bobby. Is that Joe? Is that you? Yeah, what's happening, man? Joe, we, 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 we sent you to this Bannon thing, right? Right. And what were you doing? Well, it wasn't a Bannon thing. It's the we built the wall thing. They want to raise money and build the wall privately because they, they yep. watch the wall and they realize Congress isn't going to let Trump have the wall. We get that. So, we, we, we get that. Right. And so you went down there to do what? Because we didn't even get your well, tape till this I, I morning. Wanted, I had some questions all lined up for Bannon, but there was just no way I was going to be able to talk to him, especially not to waste 
things turned sideways once I got in there. I know, but you know what you're doing? You didn't even have the recorder on. So what you sent us, by the way, that you got to get us the stuff a day ahead of time. Last night, not this morning. It was last night. I was up till four in the morning going through that stuff, cutting it down for you, man. That's the cut down? It was you sent 17 files of you narrating your experiences. It's and, not it, me narrating. It's there's most of the files with them on stage talking. Well, yeah, we don't need that. We, we want to hear reaction from people. We can get that on YouTube. So look, we we look, man. We here's 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 the kind of stuff we did want. So we'll, we'll go here. We're gonna build this wall. Interviewing people. Yeah. The outside of the wall will be on private land too, private U.S. land. Yeah. So really, the migrant just has to touch the outside of the wall, and oh, I can claim asylum now. Man. Well, you didn't okay. answer my question. With treason. What? If they touch the outside yeah. of the wall, yeah. they can right. claim asylum. No, they yeah. can't. It's American well, soil. It doesn't matter. I usually have a segment, usually at the end of the episode, they save the best for last. I, yes, the best for last. And I, I hope, Charlie, a teeth little hard on you. Yes. Oh, you've been listening. Yes, yeah. yeah. He, he needs to take a minute and slow down. Right. I think he does it for comical, you know. He for, does. Okay. It is. It is. He does it. He really loves me. He does He's love better. me. He's better. Steve Bannon is quoted as saying, amongst a lot of crazy stuff, he said the news media is the opposition party. Okay. Which is kind of true. Yeah. Chill. They are. They they oppose everything Trump says and does. It's like they're on. You, you know why? You know why Joe I, I uh, Joe didn't interview anybody. Media. You know why Joe didn't interview anybody? Why is that? Because Joe is the Trump wacko. You hear hey, Joe? What, Shut up. What, what do you oh mean? God. What do you mean the media is the enemy? What do you mean the opposition party? Joe, when I heard when, when I heard that this morning, I about choked. I was like, oh my what? god! You you admitted that you're the opposition party. You're the enemy, Joe. We're not the enemy. No, we're, I'm not the mainstream media. That's Charlie's the one who used to work for the Metro Times. I didn't work for the Metro Times. The New York Times. Yeah. You are the mainstream yeah, media. The opposition party. You're the, are they? Are they? Well, how do you, wait, Joe, 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 how do you know anything? Like, I mean, seriously, how do you, how do you know about current events? Well, you got to read alternative sources of information because you can't. Alternative sources of information? Is that like alternative facts? You know what alternative sources of information do? What, they take what, the, they, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to explain to you, Joe. Like the lady that you just cut off, she was telling you who she gets her news from. No bullshit okay. news, yeah. Well, well, that plus other sources. Well, we are the mainstream media. You better start thinking like that. So don't put yourself well, I'm in, not, into... I'm don't, not a left-wing... No, you're a right-wing nut. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not, you're not left-wing or right-wing. You're just doing a job telling a story about what's going on that affects people. Yeah. You're not the opposition party. And anybody who says that is is trying to diminish us, to diminish you. Charlie's like my opposition party. I'm trying to teach you. So, lady, thanks for listening, but I'm trying to teach Joe. He's at college. He's at college. You just get to hear me grading his papers. Right. Okay, so here's the thing, Joe. The sound's blown out. No, it ain't. Turn the recorder on when they're roughing you up and trying to throw you out of there. I had just got in there. I wasn't expecting anything like that to happen. Well, jeez. 
You know, I well, have it recorded from the minute I leave the car until I the minute I get back to the well, car. Well, this is like starting all over again. Remember, you, yes. you you forget to turn the stuff on. It's kind of like you can throw it all away. I, I hadn't got in there yet. I just walked in the door and started setting up the tripod. Now I was gonna turn on the recorder next. So basically, I turn should have turned on the recorder and started. What's what's with the tripod? What do you need a tripod for? You're a sound guy. Put the camera on. What camera? Ask Bob what a tripod. What? What? what, It's for a camera. This is radio. Well, this is this radio. We're not using video. Yeah. But if I could get you some cool video, we're not asking for it. You wanted the Chicken video. That shit was cool. That that required a camera, didn't it? Joe, I want you to listen to something. Who cares? No video. I, I think you're going crazy after that viral Chicken Joe appearance. Man. But by the it way, they, they were asking Joe. Joe texted me last night, right? Uh, the band of people going to throw him out. Right. And he's like, a media. And, and, and they don't believe him. And they want to see a legitimate website. And then Joe pulls up the Chicken Joe chasing the treasure around. <laughs> and they bought it. They're like, well, of course like, you're Of course you're legit. Of course you're mainstream media. Of course you're... Who else gets dressed up in a chicken suit and follows the treasurer around? Man, that was crazy. They wanted to photograph my driver license. They asked me my EIN number. What do you need my EIN number for? You let him photograph. You let him do it. You You let let him photograph your license. You're legit, Joe. Joe? Then the dude asked me, Joe? where did you get your EIN Joe? number? Joe? Joe? Like, from the government, dude. Joe, why did you let them take a picture of your driver's license? He said, let me see it. And so I had him, and it does say in the email, you got to be prepared to present your ID. So when the guy asked for my ID, I handed it to him. And then he proceeded to set it on the thing and take a picture of it. Well, what do you think of the Bannon crowd now? Huh? Little police data. Huh? I think that's huh? Plus he's a snitch. Of, plus he's a left wing media has got Joe, plus paranoid. he's a snitch. He was Mr. Leak job. You know that, right? He was the guy snitching on Trump to the media. You know that, right? Possibly, I don't know. I he never got leaking. to talk to him to find that out. Now, did you even play the part where they did the same thing to Steve Neveling? No, that did was boring. Reporting? Joe, I'm not asking you to go out there and report on reporters. Rule number one, don't report on reporters. When a reporter gets attacked by the fucking people that uh, are there, then that becomes news. Uh, He's trying to do his job, uh, and one of those meatheads grabbed him and tried to shove uh, him out of there. Look and here. the police had Steve's back and told hey, that Joe, too, don't be... Hey, Joe. We have the largest uh, federal deficit in the history of the country. Did you know that? Yes or no? Uh, now, is that a, a budget yep. deficit or a, a, a spending deficit? It's the, the total national Trade debt. Deficit. Total national debt record. Spending deficit, the yearly budget, a record in an expansion era. Another One, thing, Joe. $1.7 trillion? Uh, No, don't do that. Let me, let me do this. Don't, don't confuse me with the numbers. Joe, here's the other thing. The trade deficit for last year was a record as well. So we got no wall. Yeah, but he he did it in in a recession. That was called stimulation. This is an expansionary. So it's okay when a Democratic Uh, president. No, see, you're not. That that's what we're doing. That's what I want you to be asking. (laughs) It's probably never okay, but okay. Look, and we got more illegals coming over the border than we've had in a decade. So, see, regardless of who I vote for. Right, who I'm vo- wall, who, who I'm voting for? I have to ask these questions towards- because you love Trump so much. You, at least I, you ask that guy a question about the wall being on American territory. But you got to get your politics out of the way. 
Right. You got to be. You got to be. You got to be neutral. Observing. This is what's going on, man. And uh, well, your politics are not out of it when you agree that we're the opposition party. Is the mainstream media? You're fired. We aren't. Look, we're on a podcast (laughs) on Sunday mornings. We're not on Channel Two. Hello. We're not on any TV station anywhere. We're not on national network global television. Yeah. We're just on a podcast on yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah. That's and, not and, mainstream. And we have hundreds. We have hundreds of thousands of downloads. It's people are li- people are listening. The mainstream media who saw the light and told them to kiss his ass and came out here to do his own thing. But I'm mainstream as hell. No, 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 no. is an alternative. No, he's not mainstream. No, I'm mainstream because I'm not throwing my politics out there, man. Maybe Joe, I am. No. Joe, I just have I just have one thing to say. Well then get your shit together. Get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit. So it's together. And if you gotta take it somewhere, take it somewhere, you know? Take it to the shit store and sell it. I don't care what you do. You just gotta get it together. Get your shit together. Yeah, Joe, and put it on a tripod. <laughs> Listen, I want you back in that chicken suit. You do your best work in that chicken suit. That was great work yeah, with Eric Sabre. We just got lucky that one time. That, look, I'm going to tell you something. The real, 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 like. Here, you didn't get lucky. You were prepared. Here's the deal. The whole trick is showing up. Yeah, we got the treasure. Guess what else we got? We got Doug and sneaking out of City Hall. Right on. And our reporter is uh, the sponsor who owns the American Coney. Whatever it takes, we're going to get it done. The whole trick of journalism is get off the phone and get into the streets. Got me, Joe? So yes, sir. You, you did a good job. Like you didn't get, you, you're, you're all right. But look, ask the tough questions. Even if it's your can't. I wanted to, but they wouldn't, the dude that I wanted to ask tough questions of left the stage. Well, you can ask they the left. crowd, you know, there's I, a crowd shows up. Like we want to, we want to get a temperature of people that show up to see Bannon. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye Joe. All right. Later. All right. All right, Joe. That's, that's thanks everybody for listening to Joe's education. But we, we really want this guy to get hired in, in mainstream media. Warts and all. He's pretty good. He has a lot of dedication. He doesn't back down. Well, that's and, a better way to put it. And <laughs> he, you know, I mean, like you said, the biggest job is being there. You got to be there. And when they come there, don't ask them bullshit and agree with them that we're the opposition party and all this other bullshit. Ask what you got to ask. Put them on front street. And let them say what they're going to say. Yes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you know? everybody can be a reporter. It's just get, knowing what to ask, getting out of your own way, and trying right. to see an alternative view. That, that's it. And never – look, number one, here's the two rules, and I'll let it go after this. One, get your facts straight. That's the number one rule of journalism. Number one. And there's a second rule, which cannot supplant the first rule. The first rule is always the primary rule. Get it right. Second rule is don't be boring. Amen. That's the deal. That's the, the main, I'm mainstream. If you're media. boring, you're irrelevant. You're just, because nobody's listening. We're busy. We're all, we got 10 minutes while we take a dump to take, listen to you, right? Right. All right. Let's, I was, I was going to try to make the show short today. <laughs> uh, listen, everybody. That's all right. We love our listeners. We want to give them more. Yeah. And try to love each other. Go see Yaldo. Give Luke a call. American Coney, that's American my American Coney Island. All right. Uh, thanks to Catrice Stafford. You can uh, uh, go to our webpage, No BS News Hour, right? Go to the bottom, download one of the podcast apps. Just click it, download it, type in Laduff or No Bullshit News, subscribe, and give us a rating. 
part of Red Shovel Studios. Right on, right on. Right on, right on. Try to love one another. All right, peace out. There's one entitled, I want to go home to Detroit City. Here we go. <laughs> train north to Detroit City and after all these years I find that I've just been wasting my time so I just think I'll take my foolish pride put it on a southbound freight and ride going back to the loved ones the ones I left waiting so far behind I wanna go home